Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. 2018 is here, and I'm, I'm beginning a new series today that I'm, I'm going to be talking about for the next few weeks, and I'm going to be talking about this idea of getting unstuck, getting unstuck from areas in our life where we know we just need to move forward. Sometimes there are things in our life that we can't seem to move past. Uh, we find roadblocks in, in places of our life, and I'm not necessarily talking about your entire life today, although it may be very well applied to your entire life, but I'm talking today about getting unstuck in specific areas of our life. Because what I've learned is that most of the time when it comes to getting stuck in life, it's not our entire life that's stuck, although that happens, that happens to us. Uh, but really, it's like one or two or maybe three areas. If, if this could open up, then they would unlock that. And if that could open up and that could unlock, then it would really change this for me. And all of us uh, today, I want to say, probably if we really are honest with ourselves, we are all, to some degree, probably stuck in some area of our life. So that not only is this going to help, uh, I think this is going to help carry you just through the year with the decisions that you're making for 2018. How many of you are like the New Year's resolution people? Like every year, I am making some resolutions. I may not keep them, but I'm making them this year. How many of you would say you made some resolutions this year? Come on, let me see your hands. If you made some goals for this year, how many of you are like, goals? I'm not having goals. No goals for me. All right. Uh, where's Steven? I know Steven. He's like, you know, I canceled my membership, my gym membership. Like, right there you are. You canceled it before the new year. Like, you're the opposite. Not because you don't use it. It's just going to be different. You just want to be different. Let's give it up for Steven. Just, just changing it up. I guess. I'll visit you in the hospital, bro. That's okay. I'll pray for you. I, miracles could happen. Hey, I'm just, I'm just kidding. People are like, oh, I have a relationship with this guy. He's a good friend. It's okay. I can embarrass him. It's okay. But unstuck, getting unstuck uh, in an area of life, I, I really want to talk about that, that today. And, and part of the reason is because when I, I was putting this series together, I realized that Janelle and I, what we do and what we've always done, probably 90% of the 15 years of our marriage, and really out of the 20 years that I've, I've, I've been living for the Lord, I would say 90% of that has really been two or three nights a week just investing in people, helping people get unstuck spiritually, financially, just in life. Before I was a pastor, I pastored people. When I was a waiter, I pastored people. I just, I just always helped people get unstuck. And I found that there's a lot of that stuff that I do that really I could put into this series to just kind of help people get to that place that God has called them next. So let me start by saying this. Decisions move your life forward. Decisions. All of us have to make decisions every day. You make some important decisions, some are not that important, but major decisions, especially in areas of our life where we are stuck, decisions are what move our life forward. Now, if you're super spiritual today, and you're going to say, it's prayer that moves my life forward. Well, of course, prayer moves your life forward. But that would be a given that the word of God, that, that prayer, that the key fundamental things that, that are a solid foundation for us are part of our decision-making process, right? There would be the givens that, of course, I'm going to make decisions that are in line with God's word, that have wise counsel into them, decisions I prayed about. But at the end of the day, wherever you're stuck, at the end of the day, you still have to make a decision. And, and it's not always a spiritual decision. Sometimes it's just a decision that has spiritual consequences and implications. But at the end of the day, it's just a decision. And it's a decision that can unstick your life. So let me say this about decisions. Decisions are the gateway to getting unstuck in life. 
Decisions are the gateway to the change that you're looking for. Decisions are the gateway to blessing and to transformation and to change and all these things that we're thinking about, even some of the goals for for 2018, it really comes down to decisions. And like I said, obviously those decisions should be prayed about. They should have wise counsel, et cetera. But getting unstuck comes down to you examining those areas of life and saying, it's not just that I'm stuck. It's not that I just need to get unstuck. And how's that going to happen? It's what decisions do I need to make in order to move life forward? Can I get an amen early before I even get going? Okay, cool. Decisions are going to take you further than your feelings. That's the best way I can, I can try and sum up the impact and the power of your decisions. It's going to take you so much further than you feeling about what you feel when you're stuck. Your decisions are going to take you so much further. You deciding something about being stuck will be far more impactful than just what you feel about being stuck, right? Everybody feels unstuck. I mean, everybody feels stuck to some degree, but really decisions are what are going to move us forward. And so... Life presents what I think are moments of decisions, windows of opportunity, doorways, where really we can walk through these things and they can change everything. They really can change everything. And and this is what I'm talking about in that specific area of your life. Maybe that you're looking at for your family or for your life or for your spiritual life, wherever you are, decisions can make all the difference. Psalms 32 says this. Hello. (laughs) Psalms 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Let me say that again. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Now, that's a powerful verse. Why? Obviously, it first of all tells us God's looking. God sees. God sees what's going on. God knows where we are. He understands where we are. He says, I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. In other words, whether you're in the best place or the worst place of your life right now, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to that area of your life. God wants to speak to your soul. He wants to speak to your direction. And he says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Now, now isn't that what we're looking for when it comes to that area of getting unstuck? For the most part, it's not, <clears throat> it's not this major, major decision we need to make. It probably is just a decision. It's a decision about what we need to do or which way we need to go. And in this verse, God is telling us, I know which way you need to go. I'm going to instruct the way you should go. I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. And I'm going to counsel you with my eye on you in the midst of what you're walking through. Now, why is that important? Why is that important to us? Does, does God want us to be successful? Is that the main reason? Well, maybe he does want us to be successful. Does he want us to prosper? Well, maybe he does want us to prosper. But more than that, and more important than that, is our light that is called to shine on this earth. And what God desires our life to be, to our neighbors, to our family, to our coworkers, to our friends, to our children, more than being successful, more than I think even being fulfilled, is who we are even when we're stuck and how we respond to God in seasons where we're stuck. Your light shining to other people when it comes to the decisions you need to make. See, Peter kind of said it like this. He said, grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This was like a, a statement he gave to the church. He said, 
grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which means all of us, really, in, in, in the long and short of it, we've all been commanded to grow, which means we can't stay stuck. We have to get unstuck because he's saying, I want you to grow in the grace of your stuck place in life. Grow in that and grow in the knowledge of Jesus in that stuck place. Grow in the grace and the knowledge that God gives us even in the midst of going through those stuck places. I look at people around and I see some people's lives and some of the things they've walked through. I look at when John and Haley were trying to start a business and just trying to get things off of the ground. And for the first five years just of this church, it's just hardly making ends meet and trying to raise a family and pretty much just leading full time, trying to make things happen for our church. They were in a stuck place. Years went by before the doors finally opened. Cody and Sarah, just some of the stuff they've been walking through for the last seven years, you know, with their children and with their family and with their finances. I look around and I see people who were stuck for months, days, years. I remember when Dustin, when you started your business, you and Shay, when y'all came together and y'all knew, we got to start this business. This is something God has called us to do, getting that sucker off the ground. I know you remember that and you remember the pressure. But where you are now compared to where you are then. See, see, it is not bad to always be in stuck places. It's bad to stay in stuck places. Even more bad, it's bad to want to stay in stuck places. And I say that because the truth is, as I'm sitting here today and as God is my witness, there are some people who may not want to grow. You can look to your left and you can look to your right and there are people who are stuck and they won't make one decision different today to get them where they need to go next. That's not my desire for you, but I know watching people, this is what I've learned. Just because people feel like they're stuck doesn't mean they want to make decisions to get unstuck. And this is what God is telling us in regards to growing in the grace and the knowledge. The people I was mentioning didn't give up on God when they were stuck. They didn't give up on community when they were stuck. They didn't give up on people when they were stuck. They didn't give up. They plowed the hard ground for years, all of them, years. And that's just a few that I mentioned. I could look out today and just tell you in each service, just people who've had to overcome in stuck places. Just because you feel like quitting doesn't mean you need to quit. Just because you feel like you're stuck doesn't mean you need to give up. There's a grace that wants to meet you where you are. God's command to us is grow. And I say that starting off because the decisions you need to make at the end of the day, it's God's grace that's going to give you the ability to make these decisions. It's really his grace. So there's a couple of things that go through our heads whenever we find ourselves in a stuck place. The first one would be this, and it's this line of thinking. How did I get here? I did not plan on being divorced. I did not plan on being a single parent. I did not plan on having this job. I had a different career in mind. I did not plan on being in this job. I had a different job in mind. I had a different education in mind. I did not plan on being sick. I did not plan on being this low in myself. I did not plan on being in this situation. How did I get here? And that is a train of thinking that stuck people tend to stay in. And they stay there for a long time. And it's a, it's a place, but it's not the place we want to stay. That's one place. How did I get here? How did this happen? It wasn't my fault. It's not something I planned. It wasn't intentional. It's not even something that I would wish upon my worst enemy. But somehow I found myself here. That's the first place. The other place is over here. The other stuck place of thinking is this one. I know exactly how I got here. I got myself into this mess. 
through my neglect, through my indifference, through my bad choices, through my lack of discipline, through my, my negativity, through my attitudes, through my lack of faith, through my bad choices, whatever it is, I put myself here in this position. I take full responsibility, and now I'm stuck as a result of what happened here. Now, how many of you have found yourself in one of those two places before? Okay, all of us. Every person in here, I can't tell you, don't look to the right or the left, but the person next to you, don't tell them this. But they're stuck just as much as you are in some area of their life. Don't look, don't look. They'll, they'll know what you're talking about them. Don't look. I said, don't look. But they're stuck too. And it's usually one of those two places. How did I get here? Or I know exactly how I got here. And you know the danger of both places? This one over here, how did I get here, can discourage you and depress you. And make you feel hopeless. And this part over here can bury you in shame. Bury you. Neither places are where you want to live. You know where you want to live? The place of faith that says, you know what? I don't know how I got here. Or I do know how I got here. But at the end of the day, I don't want to stay here. That's what faith tells us when we're stuck. That's how faith helps us climb out of the hole, out of the frustrating places that we find ourselves in. And begin to make the decisions and set the things in order that need to be done so we can move forward. Look, when I was two years old, I don't remember this, but my parents told me this. I was in the living room, and somehow I jumped up on top of the couch, and I was on top of the couch, and, and the couch was between the wall, next to the wall, and somehow they found me screaming over and over the word stuck over and over again, and they came running into the living room, and my legs were flailing in the air, and I, just my body, I guess my stomach was just trapped, and I'd just been hanging upside down there for a long time. Now, I don't know how long I was there, but I may still be there today if I hadn't called out that I was stuck. And what I'm trying to tell you is that as children, it's easy for us to call out to people when we need help. As, as kids, it's easy for us to call out to people when we're stuck, when we need a helping hand. Help me get on the bike. Help me ride the skateboard. Help me do this. Help me do that. We know as kids, when we can't do something, we know how to ask someone for help regarding the decisions we need to make. Now, I don't know what went through my brain at two years old, but obviously I realized I'm not getting out of here anytime soon. So I better ask somebody to help me make some decisions that are going to move my body and my life forward from being stuck right here. You know the challenge with us as adults? The challenge is as we get older, we don't tell anybody we're stuck. We wish we weren't stuck. We complain about being stuck. We talk about being stuck. We're frustrated about being stuck. But who do we ask for help? Who do we call out to? I want to say and propose that I think we always call out to someone or something when we're stuck. The thing is, is it the right thing and the right person? Is it the right thing? Is it the right person? Is it the right habit? Is it the right, is it the right thing? Is it the addiction? Is it the old relationship? Is it something we always find ourselves going back to because when we're stuck, we don't know what to do. And the best thing to do is go back to what we've always done. So let's just go back to old patterns. Let's go back to old habits. Some of those things would be negative thinking. Some of those things would be faithless thinking. Some of those things would be, be hopeless thinking, hopeless conversations. When we feel hopeless, we just go and talk to somebody about our hopelessness instead of praying with somebody in faith about the situation. Why? Because we're just kind of programmed that. We've built such a life of just doing what we do when we're stuck that we don't even realize it's become normal. It's become normal to go to someone or something that's not what we're called to reach out to when we're stuck. 
Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says this, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. Call to me. I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things. Look what he says, which you do not know. There's things about where you're stuck and you think you know why, but you don't really know why. And God is saying, call to me. I'm gonna answer you. I'm gonna show you things that you don't even know. Good things. See, I want you to fast forward into your future and I want you to, to envision for just a second. This is really important. I want, to envision, I want you to envision why making decisions and moving forward and getting unstuck is so important. I'll tell you why. Because somebody's watching you. Somebody in your life is watching you. Somebody in your life is watching your decisions. Somebody in your life is counting on you. They are counting on you to teach them how to get unstuck when you get stuck in life. And if you don't take serious and embrace the grace that God wants to carry you through when you do get stuck, if you don't lean on Jesus when you're stuck, how are they going to lean on Jesus when they're stuck? If you go to what was in your life when you're stuck, what excuse do you have to speak into their life about what they should do when they're stuck? If you go back to someone or something that you know is not God's best for you, how can you speak into their life? If hopelessness is the first thing that clicks into your mind and into your spirit, it just locks in like a magnet on steel. Is that what we're teaching those who are watching us? See, I take this kind of stuff seriously because how many of those, how many of you are here today that there was somebody you really admired, admired and then you saw their life and you got really disappointed? Anybody like that? You, you saw someone and you just, you didn't know that about them or you didn't, that's just called life in reality. But like, do you remember the, some of the first times it happened where you saw someone was not who they said they were? Even more so, you want to talk about some church folks who maybe you thought one thing about them and you realize, oh, wow, they're human just like me. Guess what? Somebody's watching you too. Somebody's counting on you. Someone's counting on me. Someone's counting on my life. Someone's counting on the decisions that I make. Someone's counting on me to call to God and have him show me great and mighty things in places where I'm stuck so I can get unstuck. And move forward into what God has for me. Can I tell you what stops the great and mighty things from entering into our life? I'll tell you, it's so simple. It's the wrong voices in your life. See, God says, call to me and I'm going to show you. In other words, his voice is going to speak into the situation. But you know what gets in the way of his voice? Other voices. Other voices that aren't of him. Voices of failure, voices of fear, voices of the past. Are you guys okay this morning? Happy New Year. We're taking good ground this year. We're not staying where we were. We're moving forward in 2018. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. We are not staying where we were. We are moving forward. The wrong voices around you are always loud. I want you to take stock of some of the loudest voices in your life right now. Who are the, who are the people that have your ear? I'm going to tell you why in a second. But who are the loudest voices in your life? What are they saying to you about where you're stuck? 
What are some of the voices that you have that you hear about yourself in stuck places? About why you got there, about why you're there, about where you are, about where you're going. What are you listening to? See, I would propose to you that the same voice of failure and spirit of failure that speaks to you is the same one that knocks on my door. The same voice of discouragement that speaks to you, that sends you their free download of their sermon is the same spirit of discouragement that comes to speak to me. Because its end goal is to leave you stuck, not to get you unstuck. Jesus began his ministry and really stepped out. He's about to get baptized. John the Baptist is there. All these people are around. It's the day where Jesus is stepping in like like a football player steps onto the field or a basketball player steps onto the court. And this is their, their first kind of unveiling. You see Jesus getting baptized, and there's this beautiful, beautiful moment that happens where God the Father looks down over the crowd and upon the water, and he says this in front of everyone, and he says this to Jesus. It says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. What is the significance of that and the decisions you need to make? What is that? The significance of that in in regards to the voices that you're hearing, I'll tell you exactly why. Because the first thing Jesus heard when he's about to step out and do what he's been created to do is he heard the voice of the Father. And the voice of the Father gave him identity, validation, and affirmation. Why is that important? Look at the world around you. Look at people looking for power, to be affirmed by people, to have an identity in, in, in who they really want people to think that they are rather than the stuck place that they are. Uh, look at the validation people need, the, the likes people need, the, the conversations that people need, the approval people need. Can I, can I be honest today? All of it, come on, when we look at this, we see some of this is in us. We, we, need, we, we need people to affirm us. Like, I don't care if you're 15 or 50. At some point, you walk and you start hearing the voice of the enemy and you start wondering, am I enough? Like, I, I'm trying to be a good father, but I'm, am I actually a good father? Am I a good husband? Am I, am I good? Am I good? Am I, am I, how am I doing? How do I know? And, and then what happens is the loudest voice in our life will speak to that situation. What is that? Is that the voice of shame? Is it the voice of fear? Is it the voice of disapproval? Is it the voice of, no, you're messing it up, you get it all wrong? I want you to see, when Jesus came in, the Father gives him everything he needs. I'm telling you, some of you today are going to get healed of the approval of man just by this verse alone. This is the year you're going to walk out and say, for the first time ever in your life, I'm identified with Christ. I'm affirmed by Christ. I'm validated by Christ. I don't need to worry about what anyone or anything else I need in my life doesn't need to affirm me. I'm not worried about anyone's opinion. I know who God has made me to be. I'm not worried about anything else satisfying me. I know God has become my satisfaction. God gave Jesus such clarity. Why is this important? Because some of you grew up in dysfunctional families, and some of you grew up in functional families. And the functional ones were functional because as long as you're doing right, everything's great. But when you're not doing great, everything's wrong. 
You can get 10 things right, but the one thing you get wrong is the one thing that disapproval is all over you. Disapproval. Doesn't matter if you've done great for 10 years. That one thing, you're a failure. And you're failing. And you're messing up the family name. And you're messing up our reputation. And you're me- Anybody been in families like that? That's a heavy, heavy weight to live under. Other people were in dysfunctional ones where everything's wrong. And even the thing that you do right can't be seen as right because everything else is wrong. See, what we see here is Jesus heard the right voice. Can I tell you that about the voices that you hear, not every voice you're hearing right now adds value to your life. Not every voice you're hearing adds value to your life. Hopefully, by me saying that, it brings clarity and it brings to mind who actually is adding value to your life, who's speaking into your life, who actually knows not just what they're talking about, but it's taking you from where you are to where you need to go. Think about it. A voice of value doesn't add shame to your life. A voice of value that affirms you the way God affirms you does not add pain and failure to your life. They don't add condemnation to your life. Let me ask you this question. Does the voice of the person speaking loud into your life have any experience in what it is you're actually pursuing? If, if I had listened to the people who thought I should not lead people, I, I, let me just kind of tell you the real conversations. Let me not tell you about it. Let me tell you what was said. It's, it's nice that you want to help people, Daniel, but you need to make a living. And church is nice, and that's all great. We, we want to be charitable, and we want to help people, but you really need to carve out a living for yourself because I, I, I heard that from multiple people. Now, some of it was wisdom, but some of it was fear. Some of it was wisdom as, as make sure you take care of yourself and make sure you're okay and have a financial future and take care of your family, which I understood. But some of it was not coming from that place of looking out for me. Some of it was church is kid stuff. That, that's nice. Volunteering. You know, I know Jesus came to serve and not to be served, but that's for those people. For you, you need to look out for your own life. I'm kind of glad I did the opposite. <laughs> I kind of like what I'm doing. I kind of like what God has called me to. But I tell you, if I had listened to the loudest voices in my life, there would be no Grace Avenue Church. If I would listened to the voices loudest in my life, who knows where I'd be right now? Here's another thing. Not every voice you're hearing has authority in your life. Not every voice you're hearing has authority in your life. Like, well, of course, I'm 35 or I'm 52 or I'm 21. You know, like, who's the authority in my life? I tell you, you'll find out who has authority in your life when you find out how you feel when they disapprove of you, when they don't affirm you, or when they reject you, or when they say things that set you off course, right? We like to think we're so much bigger than we were when little kids, but really, the soul is always tender and the spirit is always tender. And you can be 50 years old and someone can say something to you at 50 years old and you have the same reaction as a five-year-old because of the way it makes you feel. And so the question you have to ask is, if you keep finding yourself rocked by what people say about your life, then the question you have to ask yourself is, do these people have any authority in my life? What authority should speak into my life? Obviously, the word of God. The word of God would be the foundation of anything and everything I'm going to get from my life. God the Father, his affirmation of Jesus is the affirmation over my life. 
the tenderness of the Holy Spirit speaking to me in situations where I'm confused or need direction, that would be an authority in my life. The wise counsel I put myself under and around. I said it like this this week. Much of what you understand is the direct result of who or what you stand under. Let me say that again because for some of you, this is really going to help you. Much of what you understand right now is a direct result of who you stand under or what you stand under. Some of you, you stand under people who they're never happy. They're never happy with you. Something's always wrong. So what happens is you stand under that, and so you always feel like no matter how good I'm doing, something's always wrong. Why? Because what you stand under is what you understand. And what you understand has been taught to you, and it's wrong. The affirmation that God gives you doesn't leave you condemned. It doesn't leave you shamed, and it doesn't leave you broken. A true exhortive person is going to lift your life. It's gonna, they're going to see you the way God sees you. They're going to call you to the life that God has called you to. Not every voice you're hearing has authority in your life. Here's the third one. Not every voice you're hearing is invested in your life. Not every voice you're hearing is invested in your life. Who are the loudest voices in your life? There's a difference between people being present and people being invested. Today, in this service, many people are present in your life. You could probably count on one hand who's invested. Who brought you here today? That's a person who's invested. Who prayed for you when you were going through what you were going through? That's a person who's invested. You see, the beauty I think I love of the older generation is that when they say, I'm praying for you, they actually mean it. Someone said to me a text, I'm praying for you. I can look at my phone, but I actually, I really hope you mean that because I need it. And when I'm asking for it, it's not a wish. It's a need. It's a need. And the good thing about seasoned people who've been in faith and been in the word is that when they say, I'm praying for you, they actually mean it. Praise God for the older people. Amen. And all the older people said, amen. I know how to pray. I know how to pray. Stop giving people a place of authority in your life where they should really only have an opinion. God has called you to get your identity from him. I want to tell you why this is so important for 2018. This is what's going to make all the difference in the decisions you make now compared to last year. Jesus said it like this, my sheep, John 10, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, those who belong to me. When the voice of the Lord is speaking. It's not just that you hear his voice. Take comfort that he knows you. And then take action in following him. What you need to hear today is not what I have to say. It's not what your neighbor has to say. More important than anything about anybody has to say is what the voice of the Lord is saying to you who you're standing under, it's more important what the voice of the Lord is saying to you more than who you're standing under. What the voice of the Lord wants to say to you in your stuck place. There's a scripture that has guided my, my life, my marriage, I would say the last 10, 15 years. And it's just a, a verse that I remember Janelle and I heard early in our marriage and it's something that for both of us, it just kind of guided us. But it's Isaiah chapter 30. 
And it says, when you look to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna talk about some of the stuck places that I've been in in my life. Stuck places. And every single time, it is that verse, it is that voice from behind. When all the loudness was around, when all the confusion was around, when opinions were around, when, when things were being said, it was the voice of the Lord that said, this is the way, walk in it. This morning, maybe you find yourself in a stuck place and you're asking, man, what, how did I get here? I know how I got here. I don't want to stay here. I want to pray that you hear the voice of the Lord clear to tell you which way to go. I want to pray that in 2018, the voice of the Lord is the loudest voice you hear in your life. The whisper of the Holy Spirit triumphs the condemnation of people, the disapproval of people, the rejection of people, the failure that you've experienced. I want to pray that the voice of the Lord would speak so clear to your heart, so, so clear to your spirit, that you become, like Scripture says, like that tree planted by rivers of living water where you can't be moved, you can't be swayed because God has affirmed you, God has identified you, God has validated you, and it's for his approval that you live, not the approval of man. Can I bow our heads today? If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.